You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. Producer and co-host is the one and the only Mr. James Mesh on this Wednesday, this Houdat Wednesday. We're also going to talk a lot of NBA with our guy Tyler Batiste of The Athletic. And Brendan Ertle will join us at 5.30 on the hotline at 706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. James, sir, how are you? I'm doing fine on this Wednesday afternoon. Are you? Yeah. I I think after what happened last night it was pretty I'm feeling pretty good. I <laughs> I, I thought we said that we weren't going to bring it up. I didn't bring anything up. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, no, go ahead and say it now. I, I never specified. Now now it just sounds weird. I never specified. So, <laughs> so what happened was, James and I played each other in Madden again last we, night. We did a franchise this time, and that wasn't um, wasn't great for me once again. Um, what was it? Eighty four thirty two. Yeah, yeah, eighty four thirty two. Yeah, I, I swear <laughs> I'm good at Madden. It's just when I play him, I <laughs> you're good against the computer. He, he's just he's just better than me. No, I'm good against other people. It's just you. Who? I I play people all the time. It's it's literally you. <laughs> You're just better than I am, and that's okay. I'll admit it. You're a better Madden player than I am. It it I struggle against you. Latavius Murray's your least favorite player now. Oh, I hate him so much. I hate him so much. <laughs> Open <laughs> opening play for me. 82-yard touchdown. 82-yard touchdown with Latavius Murray. Jesus Christ. Anyways, uh, a couple of top stories that we're going to get to today. The 49ers have announced that there is a way outside chance that Garoppolo does return in 2022. They pretty much need to make a deep playoff run. Correct. And they maybe get him. If he maybe comes back if they get to the NFC Championship. Otherwise, their best bet would be... If they get to the Super Bowl, maybe they have him back in time. Uh, Von Miller, done for the year with an ACL injury. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it really is. Uh, He was having a big year for the Bills. Um, They've they've suffered quite a few big losses on that defense. Yeah, they really have. But they did get a couple back. Tredavious White's now back for them. Yeah, which is is big. That's important. A little bit of give, a little bit of take. Um, Mark Ingram? You know, the, we're talking about him getting injured Monday night. Turns out it's a slight tear of his MCL. Pro, it, oh, he's, it's done, a, he's done for the year. It's a four- to six-week injury. You, pr- you probably just no, shut it down. There, there's no point in him coming back for a week 18. No, just he's done when, for the when, year. You, when you're probably not going to be playing for the division. So. Right. Just shut him down. He's done for the year. Which and which would suck because that, that would be his last time playing in a Saints uni. Yeah. Because he, he, he's a free agent after this year. Unless you choose to bring it back, I don't think it's worth Which, it. Though I don't, I don't know that you will. 
Um, I think you need to go to more fresh legs. Couple of baseball stories. How about Aaron Judge and the Yankees? A nine-year, $360 million contract, which is surprising. I didn't think the Yankees would spend the money. I think it's a smart move on their part. You have a generational talent like Aaron Judge, you pay that man whatever he wants. I felt like you. I felt like he's he's just too good of a player Absolutely. not to. I I know that the owner nowadays is like the cheapskate of the MLB, but to me, he was too good not to. But here's not what I, to open up the pocketbooks. Here's what I find interesting, James. There's reports that the Padres offered him ten years for four hundred million. What and, did and the and Yankees? That was after, and that was after a lot of talk of him either going to the Mets or the Giants. What did the Yankees pitch to him? That made him take less money. That doesn't make sense. Now, I mean, obviously, the money aspect of it is not the only contributing factor. But if somebody offers you forty more million dollars, and it's not like the Padres are scrubs, they made it to the NLCS last year. I don't. I don't know. That just doesn't make sense. Unless he just, you know, there, there's this pride thing that he just wants to be a Yankee. I was gonna say. I feel like maybe he just really likes being in New York. And I mean that that may be true. And, may, and maybe he still likes the direction that the Yankees are going in. So it's like this is where I this is where I made my name. It's still even though being in San Diego and California would still be a big market. It's like, hey. Kind of, I still like what this team's doing. I like what it can do. I like the direction it's going in. So, I'll take take one less year, forty million dollars less, and still rock with the pinstripes. Interesting. And then the other news: this one's going to hurt for Astros fans. The St. Louis Cardinals and Wilson Contreras have reached a five-year, eighty-seven and a half million dollar deal. Uh, Contreras was reportedly the quote top target for the Astros, and uh, no no deal is getting done there for the 30-year-old catcher. Uh, if there's any NFL team that needs a punter, the punt god has been dropped of all charges. Matariza has been cleared in his, his case from San Diego State last year. Uh, the Bills did release him because of all of that drama, so do the Bills maybe bring him back? James? I, I, I would. I mean, my, if he's cleared of all wrongdoing, I, I mean, why not? Why not bring him back? You drafted him as a rookie. He played great for you in the preseason to the point where you had cut all your other punters, and he was going to be the guy. Not that then, you had, not that you had multiple punters, but like I was gonna say, and then you had to sign a thirty-two-year-old Sam Martin, right? Like, and no knock on Sam Martin, but he's not the punt god. No, and he doesn't have as strong of a leg that would kick it through that that tough winter, uh, correct? Weather out in Buffalo. So the fact that that would that would make a huge difference in games if it gets really cold and snowy, like how it kind of was last year. When Buffalo played the Patriots, so it's like if you're in the divisional round, having a punter kind of get through that and kind of give an advantage on field of pos- field position 
for sure. That that would that could make a big difference in the game as to why Buffalo would move on to the AFC Championship potentially, depending on who their matchup is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at some more top stories, the World Cup is moving into the quarterfinal stages of the tournament. And man, oh man, is it going to be a weekend. I was going to say, this is a good one. Croatia, Brazil, Friday at 9 o'clock. And then the Netherlands and Argentina at 1. And then on Saturday, you've got Morocco and Portugal at 9. And then the big dog at 1 o'clock on Saturday, England and France. What a matchup that's going to be. That matchup could break World Cup viewing records. Uh, that that one's going to be quite impressive. Poll question of the day today is a food edition poll question. What is the best local burger in Lafayette? Is it Judy's Inn? Is it Pete's? Is it Burger Time? Or is it something else? So far, 45% say Judy's Inn. 27% say Pete's. And 9% say burger time. Got a comment from LC Brodus Burger on Collie Saloon near Highway 90. I've I've been told once or twice that uh that they have a really good burger. I'd mm, not not my cup of tea. But a couple other comments. Judy Sin, hands down. Cole Gilbo says Judy Sin and Cajuns in Scott. Kyle Broussard says Twins. Brian Poche says Pete's. And Rob Duplachance says Morvant's. Now, Morvant's has a pretty good burger. I've been there before. James, of all these places, do you have a a favorite burger? Man, you really can't go wrong with the Judy's end. Oh, it's so good. The only thing that infuriates me, and I know it's like a tradition for them. No fries. No fries. And no bacon either. Yeah. You're you're (laughs) never going to get bacon on a burger either. It's like, What's going on? Man, but that sauce. The the secret sauce. And I know it's just a spicy ketchup, but it's... You're a big spicy ketchup guy. It's so good. And I don't eat regular ketchup, but if it's spicy I'm game. I'm in. But it doesn't make sense because you don't like spicy. But spicy ketchup isn't really spicy. It's more of... I know, but the but the idea of you being like... It's more I can't of a say tangy. Jala- You're like, I can't stand jalapenos, but... Give me some spicy ketchup. So I like it just, it. Just sounds weird. I like the flavor of jalapenos. Like you know, how people shell out jalapenos and then put like cream cheese and wrap it in bacon. Yeah, tear those up. I will tear those up. But it's the mouth burning ridiculousness when you eat a jalapeno with all its seeds in it. That is something I will never understand. That's what that's what bothers me. Uh, once again, three three seven seven zero six zero one 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 is the number to call for the game hotline. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium thirty two point three and channel one thirty three on LUS Fiber. The New Orleans Pelicans play tonight with the opportunity to take the number one seed in the Western Conference. If they defeat the Pistons. And the Celtics defeat the Suns. The Pelicans will be number one in the Western Conference at fifteen and eight. Well, they'd be sixteen and eight if they win tonight. 
Let's go to the game hotline now. Michael, what's going on, man? Yes, uh, I'm a listener, but I got a place to go eat a good burger. It's called Cajun Burger outside of Crawley. The best. It's better than Judy's Inn and Mormont's. Cajun Burger? Cajun Burger. That's what it's called. I, okay. I, I've, I grew up in Crowley, and I've never heard of this place. Where's it at? Really? Um, you go uh, past uh, Kaplan. And I think it's Highway 14. No, not 14. Uh, when, you, when you get outside of Kaplan, there's a, 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 a highway. I forget what they call it. The, the highway that runs through Kaplan? Okay, when you go through Kaplan, and when you come out of Kaplan, there's a highway to the right. Okay, I, I know. What you're, I don't remember the name of the road, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when well, you go all the way down, and uh, it's on your left. I don't know how many miles, but there's a sign. It'll say Cajun Burger. I'm telling you, it's the best. The, the meat falls apart. I'm serious. It's, Interesting. On LA 13? Look, I have to drive. I live in Youngsville, and I'll drive from my house to Crowley to go get it. Now, that's what you call a good burger. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, I'm gonna have to give it a try shot. To, uh, yeah, try to try that one day and see what you think. Appreciate you, man. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you. Cajun Burger. Yeah, it's on Highway 13. I I grew up off of Highway 13. How have I not heard of this place? I I'm gonna have to go pay a visit next time I go see my mama. Oh wait, she doesn't live in Crowley anymore. Dang, that's upsetting. Anyways, move move. Moving on, Billy Napier getting a big-name recruit for the class of 2024. DJ Lagway, the number 12 recruit in the in the 2024 class. He is the number one dual-threat quarterback. He is committed to Florida over Baylor, Texas A&M, USC, and Clemson. He said, I love what Coach Napier and the staff are doing over there. I feel like they're going to build something special, and I want to definitely build something there and be the stomping grounds of something new. Interesting. Good good pickup for for the former Cajuns head man. Uh, looking ahead again at the rest of the week, we've got high school football tomorrow and Friday. Uh, tomorrow will be the Vermilion Parish game of the week as Vermilion Catholic is taking on Washtenaw Christian at 7 o'clock. You can hear that one on 106.3 Radio Lafayette. While Friday at noon, St. Thomas More and Lafayette Christian will be right here on 103.7 Lafayette with Danny Jones and company. Pre-game begins at 11, and then post-game will run until 4, and then uh, it'll be me. At, at 4 o'clock, as per usual. So, there you go. There's the rest of the week's lineup. So, again, recapping what we're going to do today. At 4.30, Tyler Batiste is going to join us for an NBA conversation. And then at 5.30, we're going to do Who Dat Wednesday with Brendan Ertle. And we're all going to cry together. And it's just going to be okay. That's just how t- today is, is going to go. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's right. See it before anyone else by simply texting Whitney to 68683. That's Whitney to 68683. Score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek December 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take our first time out of the day here on Crunch Time, and when we return, James and I will look at some more MLB free agency and what kind of moves the Astros could be looking at making 
here on the game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for those Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Start NFL Week 14 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'll take a Josh Jacobs anytime touchdown, the under on total points scored, and then the Raiders money line. Build your own or choose from one of our popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're already with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. 3-plus leg, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 7 days after the receipt. Max free bet, $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Back here on Crunch Time, Matt Miguez, James Mesh, looking at some MLB free agency news. Obviously, we, we recapped Aaron Judge and his big deal. Jacob deGrom also signing a five-year contract to join the Texas Rangers. Man, it'll be fun for the Astros to get hits off him 19 times a year. Uh, just kidding. You won't face him 19 times. You'll probably face him four times. Uh, Trey Turner also signing that massive contract to join the Philadelphia Phillies. James, the question that that's lurking right now, now that Judge and Turner ha- have signed deals, is where's Carlos Correa going to go? Does he return to the Twins? I've seen some people say he could go to the Mets. I've seen some people say that he could go to the Yankees. You know, uh, you, you look at it, and this is a prime example of the grass isn't always greener. You get out of you get out of Houston because you know you you want to. You want to have a better career or, or you know, whatever. You, you want to get more money. But when it doesn't work out like you thought, you just find it interesting that uh, it works out that way. But anyways, uh, comments on the poll question. Ton says, it's been a while, but I'll say, who gets hamburgers when you have seafood? And then he says, okay, okay. What's the diner by Lafayette General? That place. So Hub City Diner has the best burger in town, according to Ton. I've never had their burger. I don't know. Um, it's been a while since I've been there. Hub, Hub City's pretty good, though. We used, to, we used to go a lot as a kid. Rocky Menard says, Richie's Why Not Stop in Broussard. Yeah, their burgers are pretty good. They're not too bad. And then Salty Steve comes in. The sweet and spicy bacon burger from Whataburger. Steve. Mic drop. (laughs) Steve. We said local burger. 
Well, if I wanted to just say any burger, it would be a Crystal Burger. Holy moly. Or a White Castle Burger. Or, or, James, you ever had In-N-Out? Oh, man. Oh, buddy. I have not had In-N-Out. So, first time I had it was in California. Usually how that goes. Correct. <laughs> Once you start in the West, you, well, start, you start to find them. Now there's one open in Houston. Oh, man. I discovered that one day when I was in Houston. It, it feels like the people that are from the West Coast are like, in and outs the best place ever. But it's like the farther you go east and they've tried in and out they're like, it's pretty overrated. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so I don't know. I, I've gotten conflicting arguments with it all. I haven't tried it yet. I uh, really haven't had the opportunity to yet because I don't usually go where there is in and out That's fair. That's fair. I uh, got, a, got a text just now. What are y'all's thoughts on the possibility of a Michigan versus Ohio State national championship game you, you know what's interesting parker the the board off mm-hmm. for uh the vermilion parish game of the week he texted me that on monday i think he was like he said the same exact thing he, he's like he's like i hope it's ohio state michigan it's, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen i i really think it's gonna happen you really think it's gonna be you really think george is gonna lose to uh ohio state I think it's going to be one of those games where Georgia makes a couple key mistakes and Ohio State capitalizes big on them. And also, I don't believe that things are rigged. However, from a money standpoint, there's no better matchup for the committee than Ohio than a Ohio State-Michigan National Championship game. Nothing better. You say rigging, but it feels like you would you would rig it to where you don't have a single SEC team? No, you would just rig it to where you get that matchup. But then, if that's the case, then you won't have an SEC team in the in the title game. I mean, they've had title games without an SEC team before. I know, but it's like, we had, when was the last time we had we hadn't seen either one? Fourteen. Twenty fourteen is the last one I can remember. I don't know. I, I just feel when like Georgia. Was, when I feel was, like Georgia's too good of a a team to. I mean, Ohio State could do it, but I still very much lean towards Georgia winning that because I'm kind of getting that feeling of not necessarily 2019 LSU out of Georgia. Oh no! But I, I feel like no. I feel like right now they, they've they've kind of hit their high point. I, f- I feel like they're kind of peaking at the right time. What's the what What's the line on that game? Alabama, Georgia. Georgia's a six-point favorite. Yeah, that's interesting. That's gonna be that's gonna you be. You mean Ohio State? No, Georgia's a six-point favorite. No, you said Georgia, Alabama. Oh, did I? Yeah. I, I meant Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah, um, Georgia's a, Georgia's a six-point favorite. That's interesting. You know what? You know what's interesting? You look at the you look at the numbers. So Stetson Bennett, who is in the Heisman conversation. Has thirty four hundred passing yards this year, which is a pretty good year. He's only thrown twenty touchdowns, which is not a lot in today's college football. Um, now I know that they've got a great running back in Espe- McIntosh, especially when you look at it, anytime you feel like, oh, that's a really good season. You always look back at like Kyle Trask, or you look at Joe Burrow, yeah, where they <laughs> sixty. 
Right. Yeah. Twenty touchdowns is not a lot. Um, I mean, God, C.J. Stroud has thirty-seven. Like twenty is is not a lot at all. Um, but you know, if anybody's going to beat Georgia, I think it is Ohio State. Um, because I think Michigan, as as good as they are, I think that they're going to be too focused on avenging last year's loss in the playoff that they would just get beat again by Georgia. So if Georgia gets past Ohio State, I think Georgia repeats as national champ. Uh, so that'll be interesting. A couple more comments coming in for the poll question. Derek says Grub Burger. Grub Burger is pretty good. That That is a good spot. And then John Paul says, It is sad to see them close, but Traps had the best burger in town. Mel's bacon cheeseburger is pretty freaking good also. Never had a burger from Mel's. That just doesn't feel like a burger joint to me. You you go there, you go there for breakfast. The game wants to stuff your stocking with a five hundred dollar Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score that five hundred dollar Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armitar Jewelers and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We will take a timeout right here, and when we return, Tyler Batiste, the NBA managing editor of The Athletic, will join us for a conversation about the Pels, the NBA as a whole, and just how good is Luka Doncic. Next, here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Looking at the NBA now, the Boston Celtics having an incredible year, sitting at 20 and 5, leading the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks 17 and 6, and then you've got the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. If I'd have told you three months ago that the New Orleans Pelicans, a quarter of the way through the year, were going to be the fourth best team in the NBA, you'd have probably laughed at me. However, eight and two in their last ten on a four-game winning streak. They got the opportunity to be the number one team in the West by the time they go to bed tonight. Let's talk about it with Tyler Batiste, the managing editor of the Athletic NBA. Tyler, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. So, you know, looking at, just looking at the, the league as a whole right now, in, in your opinion, how good are the Boston Celtics? <laughs> man, I think they're really good. Um, it's kind of uh, surprising that you kind of see a team – just kind of flipped the switch the way that they did around January of last year. They started, um, you know, kind of middling around a 500 team, and then their defense just was elevated to another level. They obviously took that all the way to a trip to the finals and sort of picked up right where they left off um, this season, um, independent of all the other issues that they have uh, on and off the court when you talk about the coaching staff and injuries and, and things of that nature. Um, I think they're, they're the real deal. They have – Two of what the NBA is always looking for. Every team in the league is looking for a couple of guys who are 
six seven, six eight, who can play offense and defense and be that two way force. And the Celtics have two of them with Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Um, so when you're starting off from that as kind of your your cornerstone, that's a pretty good position to be in. Their off season acquisitions, Malcolm Brogdon, when he's played, um, has been has been uh, has been really good. You know, either starting off the bench, playing off the ball, on the ball. Um, and they've got experience. They've got a team and players who have been there who got really close to, to winning a championship last year, and they're obviously motivated to get back there and, and um, obviously finish the season in a different manner than they did last year. And then, you know, the, the two teams in the West that are that are kind of dominating are, are, are the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, as a lifelong resident of Louisiana and somebody that's followed the Hornets slash Pelicans for a very long time, it's crazy to think that they have the opportunity to be the top team in the Western Conference by the end of the day. It really is. I mean, they they um, they had a great season last year, obviously, in the way that they ended it, pushing Phoenix to, um, you know, to six games in the first round. The interesting thing about them is that they didn't make a ton of moves in the offseason. Their big offseason move was just Zion Williamson coming back. And when you have um, uh, the ability to sort of add an all NBA caliber player without having to, you know, go out and make any sort of trades or, or, or give away any draft picks or something like that. That's that's a huge boost. Um, I don't think anybody expected, as you mentioned, them to be, um, you know, hovering hovering around the top seed in the West around this time. But um, when you look at their team, they're deep, they're talented, they've got the um, ability to play in a lot of different ways. They could. They can go big with with Jonas Valanciunas and Larry Nance, and you know even moving Zion down to to almost sort of a small forward. They can go really small and have Zion sort of play center and put four shooters around him. Um, so they got a lot of very different ways to play. Um, I, as I mentioned, they're deep and 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 they're confident. I mean that's that's kind of the big thing with them. There, this is the first time that that group of guys has gone into a season. Um, with some high expectations, thinking that they could make some noise, and obviously in the first few weeks here, they they've done just that. You know, you talked about Zion Williamson averaging close to twenty four points a game. Jonas Valanciunas, the leading rebound getter, and then you you obviously have CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram, and then you know that's not even getting into the the young guys with Trey Murphy and Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado who popped off for thirty eight the other night. I mean, this roster up and down, and then you go in with the coaching staff of Willie Green, and then in the front office, David Griffin and Trajan Langdon. I mean, this is a group that could make quite a few runs if they play their cards right. Absolutely, and 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 not to not to make it sound like I'm trying to uh, to break this team apart before it even gets to where it wants to go, but I think when you're when you're dealing with NBA franchises and especially with the front office, you're always sort of thinking about what things could look like one season, two seasons, three seasons down the line. And as you mentioned, this team could, could be um, contending as is, it looks like. But it also they also have the flexibility if they um, decide down the line that they need to improve at power forward or they need a, maybe a more traditional point guard because they want to move C.J. McCollum off the ball. They've got enough pieces. They've got enough assets with, with draft picks down the line. They've got some depth and they've got some rotation players that you could probably – if you so chose, put together a package with some decent players and some decent picks, and maybe get even another, uh, you know, high-level star down the line. If that's the that's the way that you think you should go about it, but I don't think that anybody is talking about that right now. Even though I did just bring it up, um, as I mentioned, they they kind of had their big off-season acquisition with Zion, and um, I'm sure it's exciting down there. They got a couple of really big games this weekend against Phoenix. That's really going to um, 
sort of show how good they are and how they match up with the best in the West. So um, really exciting to see some good basketball in, in New Orleans, some consistent good basketball in New Orleans. Chat with Tyler Baptiste of The Athletic. Tyler, which rookie has has surprised you the most this season? Because I know Tyler, ba- I mean, Paolo Banchero ha- has had a great start to the season, averaging close to 22 points a game. But is, is there anybody else that, that's really separated themselves as you know, maybe a rookie of the year favorite already? You know what? I, I, I think uh, Benedict Matherin from, from the Pacers um, and the Pacers as a, whole, as a whole have been pretty surprising. They're they're sitting at you know uh, fourth or fifth in the in the East right now, and I don't think anybody um, really expected that coming into the season. Obviously, a lot of people thought that they were going to be in the um, you know tanking discussions by getting rid of Miles Turner and and Buddy Hield and sort of uh, going into a full rebuild. But honestly, the biggest surprise um, from the rookie class to me has kind of been on the other side of the coin. I Zabari Smith has really struggled this season, um, especially with his shooting, which was. Um, sort of the, his big skill coming out of Auburn. I thought, um, you know, playing with Jalen Green and, and uh, the way that uh, Alperin Sengun would, would probably be starting for them and space the floor a little bit more for, for, for the Rockets. I didn't think the Rockets would win a ton of games, but I thought, you know, Jabari Smith's shooting would be something that would translate almost immediately, and it hasn't really done that yet. So I'm curious to see how he progresses over the next um, few months uh, of the season. Obviously, the Rockets are rebuilding. They're not playing for wins. It's all about development with them. Um, but, you know, we could get into next season. And, and if Jabari Smith, if the shooting that's been going on the first few weeks of the season is, is more of a, a trend and more of a long-term concern, then, then you know, that's something that obviously Houston is going to have to address going forward, whether they, you know, um, they, they made the right choice there or should they should they should get rid of him or whatever. But um, that's kind of been the biggest surprise to me is just how that shooting and how Jabari Smith hasn't really come in and played. I mean, going into draft night, people were talking about him being the number one overall pick. Paolo Bencaro going to Orlando was, was sort of a surprise and, and just really started to – to come out in the couple hours leading up to the draft. So um, Jabari Smith has been a, a, a big surprise for me. Looking at, at the league as a whole, Tyler, are we beginning to see kind of a, a changing of the guard, if you will, with guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant and even Stephen Curry, who's still having a great year, but you know, getting on the, the back half of, of their careers and, and approaching retirement, and then young guys like Luka Doncic and Jean Morant and even Zion Williamson, kind of overtaking the league a little bit is that older generation slowly starting to be on their way out you know what uh yes and no i I think in a way obviously just because of age uh that's natural to think about that i mean lebron is in his late 30s kevin durant is in his mid-30s so is Stephen curry um but obviously curry just won a title you know a few months ago he's if, if, if he's on his way out, he's not letting it be known. You know what I mean? Uh, the Lakers have obviously played a lot better recently, and they're sort of in a situation where, um, you know, LeBron is, is, is comfortable kind of, um, you know, yielding that number one spot to Anthony Davis with the way that he's been playing, especially recently. Um, but I do see there's kind of a new crop of stars, like you mentioned, Luka, um, Zion, John Morant. Um, there's also, you know, that crop in the middle that's kind of been around for two or three years and. Um, you know, we, we can't forget about the Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and Joel Embiid, who are, you know, guys who are kind of in their prime right now, have had success. Obviously, Jokic being a two-time MVP, um, Giannis also being a two-time MVP and NBA champion. Those guys are sort of uh, the now, so to speak. So, you know, you have this generation, as you mentioned, that's kind of 
maybe on the decline and the downside of their primes, this other generation that's kind of entering theirs. And, and there's another group that's kind of in the middle and, and, and is still, uh, you know, going to make some noise in the regular season and the postseason. So it's a pretty exciting time to, to be an NBA fan for sure. I know it's still very early in the year, but right now, you know, just by talking about, you know, guys that have really stood out and played well, obviously Luca scoring 33 points a game. Talk about Shea Gilgis Alexander. Has he kind of caught everybody off guard with the way he's been playing? Man, you know what? I, I have him on my fantasy basketball team, and, it's, and I'm, I'm happy that I didn't. Uh, I, it, it's a dynasty league, so I'm happy that I didn't give him up for draft picks a couple years ago. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I think he has. I think part of it is just because of where he plays. Um, Oklahoma City has has not, you know, is not a kind of a destination um, for players or for fans' eyes. Um, they've obviously been in um, rebuild mode over the past couple of years, um, but I, he's been so good for them that uh, you know he kind of has taken people by surprise. I think everybody the past couple of years we've seen the the seeds planted for how good he can be, but I don't think anybody was really thinking about him being a potentially, you know top 10, top 15 player in the league. Um, you got to wonder if he continues on that trajectory and shows obviously that the first couple of months of the season um, is not just a blip or is not just the, an exception, but is the rule going forward, whether that changes Oklahoma City's plans for its rebuild. You know, they're always kind of looking for their, um, their quote-unquote, you know, franchise player. It looks like they already have it. Now, do they make some other moves to kind of build around, um, say, Gildas Alexander, or do they try to, you know, go into the tank once we get to February or March and try to get a, even another guy like that, like a Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson or somebody. But he's exciting to watch. Um, he's he, even though Oklahoma City, which does play, you know, um, pretty exciting basketball, even though they they don't have a great record, they're they're very competitive. They don't get blown out a ton. Um, you know, watching him on league pass is, is definitely one of the highlights of the early part of the season. Wrapping up, I got one more Pelicans question for you. You brought up Victor Wimbignana. The Pelicans hold one more draft pick from the Los Angeles Lakers who are who are off to a, a little bit of a sluggish start so far this year. What is, you know, looking at the, the team the Pelicans have and the run that they've started on, if they finish this year strong and end up with, say, maybe a top five pick in the next NBA draft, how dangerous can that group be? Extremely, extremely, and I think they're dangerous um, even without that top five pick if Zion is healthy. That's the biggest question mark for them. It has been for the past few seasons. When Zion is playing, um, you, you, you people throw the word unique around a lot, um, and they don't really mean unique when they say it. They mean rare. You know what I mean? Somebody who can do something that's that's very special, but there are three or four or five other guys who can do the same thing. Zion is unique. There's no player in the NBA like Zion Williamson, with his body type, with the way that he's built, being left-handed, his strengths on the offensive end, the way he can dominate the paint and get into the paint and get his shot whenever he wants. There's not a player in the league like him. So, yeah, I think if they do get a a relatively high draft pick, that would only boost um, their their kind of ceiling for the next couple of years. But if Zion is healthy and he's playing, you know, 65, 70 games a year for the next three or four years, the Pelicans have a superstar. They have a guy who is unlike anyone else in the NBA, and it should be an exciting time for basketball in New Orleans for sure. Tyler Batiste, the managing editor of the Athletic NBA, joining us. Tyler, really appreciate you taking the time. Man, great insight as always, and uh, we'll talk to you again later in the year. Hey, I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks. And there he goes, Tyler Batiste. If you're looking for great stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. 
As a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. The only way you can score these great stocking stuffers, however, is by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. Take time out. Wrap up hour number one next here on The Game at Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The World Cup is back, and you can watch thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. For Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Sutterlink Channel 137. That's thrilling World Cup action on Delta Media. Welcome back to Crunch Time as we are just about to wrap up our number one. Let's talk about the XFL for a minute. We now have figured out the eight teams, and they did the draft recently. Uh, if you don't know what the teams are, they made a few changes before. They got a new team, and then some of the teams made slight changes to name, while others kind of changed the location of where they're at. So now it's the Arlington Renegades instead of the Dallas Renegades. It's still the D.C. Defenders, the Houston Roughnecks as before. It's now the Orlando Guardians. And then we got the San Antonio Brahmas. Yeah. And then we've got the Seattle Sea Dragons instead of just the regular Dragons. Still got the St. Louis Battlehawks. And then the Vegas Vipers instead of being in Tampa Bay. They also made the color change. They were that kind of like neon, lime green, and yellow before. Now they're black and red. The Vipers, yeah. yeah and it looks good. Their, their away jersey's white, and then the numbers are black. And inside the black of the number, it's like a snakeskin design. So it's a very nice look. Um, you know, the XFL is probably my favorite, I'm going to say lower tier football league. Um, the AAF, I could just never quite get behind. Um, and then the USFL. I don't know if it was just the newness of it. Like the idea of having another local pro sports team is, is cool with, with, with the breakers. But watching their games, I don't know. It could never keep me. I never stayed in front of the TV for all four quarters. Like I just, I, I couldn't devote all my attention to the USFL. I mean, that's me with any of the teams, really. Or like any of the leagues, whether it was USFL, AAF, or the XFL, that that was just me the whole time. Uh, I just I could watch it for a few quarters or a little bit of time, but it doesn't necessarily grab my attention because the quality of football goes down. Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch and maybe kind of go back. I, and I'm always a big proponent of just kind of going back and watching the highlights just in case. Even if I do watch the majority of the game, I do like going back to see the highlights just to see like a nice gist of how the game went. But there are quite a few coaches that are pretty notable. Like looking at the Vipers, Rod Woodson. Yeah. Uh, former defense coordinator Wade Phillips is going to be the Houston Roughnecks head coach. Yeah. 
Heinz Ward is with the San Antonio Brahmas. Correct. You've also got, uh, who was it? Uh, Bob Stoops is going to be with the Renegades. Yeah, he was with the Renegades the first time around. Um, Bob Bob Stoops is probably the biggest name on there. Yeah, that that one really stood out to me whenever I first were look. I was looking at the coaches. Uh, Heinz Ward's going to be an interesting one. I'm intrigued to see how that, that goes. That that's going to be interesting. Uh, Wade Phillips, you already know that he's a good coach. Um, I'm expecting a good defense from them. Yeah, and then um, Rod Woodson again. You're, you're going to have a good defense there. Um, it, it it's going to be it's going to be a fun year for for sure. Um, there, there's a couple of former LSU players in the XFL. Uh, there's a couple of Cajuns in there as well. So I, I think it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a fun year. No no question about it. So what team are you going to go with? I'm going to go with the Roughnecks. You are you're yeah. going to stick with the Roughnecks? Yeah. Either the Roughnecks or the Renegades, one of the one of the two Texas teams. Texas teams. Well, the, technically there's three. Oh, there's now. three. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? I might just cheer for all three of them. <laughs> just the, the three closest teams. You you eat up almost half, half the league. league. <laughs> just okay, sick. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I'm gonna still go with the Battlehawks though. It's such a sick name. It's so weird. That's so strange. Cheer for a team from St. Louis. Still someone nearby. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. We're going to talk New Orleans Saints, some more NFL, and so much more right here on the game. It is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it is your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's hour number two of Crunch Time, and it's here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. 337-706-0111 is the number to call on the game hotline. As a reminder, here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. So, James, this past weekend in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot. It is not a Liz Frank injury. He's going to be out, you know, six to eight weeks is, is the timetable as of now. So Brock Purdy came in, and he he finished the job. He led the Niners to a win. Played pretty well. In He completed 25 of 37 passes for 210 yards. He had two touchdowns. He did have the interception. But, you know, for, for getting thrown into the game, pretty, pretty good numbers. Uh, this is going to be Purdy's first career start in the NFL. Uh, this is going to be his first week going through practice fully with the starters, but James, you ready for this? According to some of his teammates, he is already communicating like one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. Five-time MVP and two-time Super Bowl champion, Peyton Manning. Now that's some high praise. Are we really going to comp Mr. Irrelevant to Peyton? Now look, I'm not rooting for the kid's downfall. If Brock Purdy works out, great. Saints, the Saints need a quarterback. Kudos. Yeah, kudos. But man, that is the guys. For, the guys played three quarters. I was gonna say for him only getting in for partial of that last game versus the Dolphins. Already 
comparing him to a Hall the of man, Famer. The man's played three quarters. It, that 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 kind of reminds me of the Taysom Hill being compared to Steve Young. Oh, yeah. And then, look, obviously communication, huge part of it. You have to be able to communicate well with your teammates. And that's great that he's you know already communicating like one of the best. However, there's a difference between talking the talk and walking the walk. I can sit here and talk all I want. Hell, that's actually what I what I do every day. But I couldn't go out on the field and throw for 300 yards. No shot. I'd throw 20 interceptions. Every pass I'd throw would get picked off. No, I'm kidding. I don't know about all that. Uh, maybe maybe half of them. I was going to say, you, you'd probably throw a few of them in the dirt. I'd, oh, yeah. I, I'd probably take a couple sacks, too. But you, you would maybe feel, and you're like, oh, God. And then you just Correct. throw it throw it at the receiver's Correct. feet. Th- throw out of the sack, baby. Oh, yeah. Can't take sacks. Sacks are unacceptable. I'd rather an incompletion than a sack. After after that second sack on second and 18, oh. you're like, oh, God. Ugh. You're, you're going to be like Sam Darwin and start seeing ghosts. Right, right. You're not kidding. But uh, that that just seems a little early to me to be comparing Brock Purdy to Peyton Manning. That just seems strange. But anyways, um, looking at the college football playoff, once again, Georgia, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State. We, we talked about it earlier, the possibility of a Michigan Ohio State final, I mean, that would just be everything they want and then some. I mean, the oldest rivalry in college football as the national championship game? Yes, please. I would love that. I watch the Michigan-Ohio State game every year. I would love to watch that as a national title game. I don't like either team. I don't want either team to win a national championship. However, that game as a title game would be Absolutely incredible. Uh, The NCAA has announced that they will give an extra season to the University of Virginia's players with expiring eligibility due to them canceling their last two games of the season following the death of three of their players. The Virginia Virginia confirmed that they initiated the request to the NCAA, and the NCAA is granting that extra year it only affects a handful of players uh whereas a couple of their players including anthony johnson and billy kemp the fourth are more than likely headed to the nfl draft um so but the the guys that that might not be on draft boards just yet but were on their last year of eligibility they, they could have one more opportunity to uh to come back and make some plays in in their final year for the Cavaliers. Recapping what we talked about in hour number one, Aaron Judge and the Yankees reaching a nine-year, $360 million deal. Uh, Judge will remain in New York through 2031. What? Meanwhile, the Cardinals and Wilson Contreras have reached an $87.5 million deal over five years that gives the Cardinals their replacement for Yadier Molina. Pelicans playing tonight at 7 o'clock. Later on tonight on our airwaves, the McNeese Coaches Show with Jim Gazzolo. That's always that's always a great time with with good old Jim uh, down at Maplewood Burgers in Lake Charles. 
So if you want to tune into that 6-7 to seven, right after we get off the air here on the game. And then later this week, tomorrow, the Vermilion Parish game of the week. It's Vermilion Catholic against Washtenaw Christian. Pre-game at 645. Kickoff is at 7 from the Caesar Superdome. You can hear that on 106.3 Radio Lafayette. And then Friday morning at 11 a.m., Danny Jones will bring you the pregame show for the St. Thomas More broadcast as they take on LCA inside the Superdome. Kickoff for that game is at 12. You can hear it right here on 103.7 Lafayette. And he will take you until 4 o'clock. And then I, Matt Miguez, take you home from 4 to 6 right here on Crunch Time. Poll question of the day. What is your favorite local burger in Lafayette so far? Looking at Facebook comments. Gotten some for Judy Sin, which is is my favorite by by far. Uh, Twins, which is another good one. Pete's and Morvant. And then looking at Twitter, the results haven't changed too, too much. 40% say Judy's in, 11% each for Pete's and Burger Time. And then 37% say other. We got a few new comments. Mr. Green says, is Burger Time as good as it used to be? If so, Burger Time. If not, Judy's in. Well, Jamie, I wasn't alive when Burger Time was around the first time, so I can't tell you. All I know is that for my entire life, I've heard my dad rave about how good Burger Time was. So when it came back, I had to try it. And, you know, not, not bad. Solid solid eight and a half. Solid eight and a half. Uh, their their drive through line is always crazy, though. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But, James, I, I've got a... Looking at the XFL, it, it's interesting to see you know we were looking at some of the rosters earlier and you know your team the the St. Louis Battlehawks was AJ McCarron really the best they could do at quarterback well you act like the the, the quarterback pool was just otherworldly <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean i mean to me look it didn't work out at, in the NFL but i think i'd rather a SEC champion and a national title champion at quarterback I that mean, is, that has gotten it done, and it's it's no. Uh, that, what I'm saying is, it's not a knock on AJ McCarron because I think he was a good player. It's just been so long since he's played. Because he he only started a handful of games in the NFL, and it's been forever since he's played. And I just I don't know. I I don't feel like that's going to work out very well. But one thing that's going to be interesting to see is Puka Williams made the roster for the D.C. Defenders. Uh, he is from Hawnville, Louisiana. Went to the University of Kansas. And, uh, James, you want to know something interesting about this young man? He only has three toes on one foot. And, and it, one of the toes that he lost is his, big, is his big toe, which is interesting because you use your big toe for balance. So how can you be a running back when you don't have your big toe to balance on? It's kind of interesting. But... Uh, Looking at some of the other XFL rosters, Jalen McClendon is an interesting name at quarterback. Martavius Bryant is a guy that we haven't seen in the NFL in a very long time, and now he's popping up in in a uh, XFL roster. It's really interesting. But you know, another thing I want to get to here in this first segment of hour number two is looking at the LSU Tigers. They've had some big news throughout the week this week. Um, 
Kayshawn Booty announced on Monday that he will return to Death Valley for his senior season. Yesterday, Jack Besh announced that he was entering the transfer portal. And then today, it was announced that defensive back Jay Ward would be declaring for the NFL draft. And however, Ward has announced that he will play in the Citrus Bowl against Purdue. Uh, He will not sit out. He's had 54 total tackles and an interception for the Tigers. And in his four seasons at LSU, he has 156 tackles and six interceptions for the purple and gold. That game with Purdue on January 2nd will be in Orlando, Florida in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. I wonder who's going to get the the cheesy the cheesiest fan out there hotel suite. That'll be uh that'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking at all the teams quarterbacks. Okay. For the XFL, right? Yes. Okay. Arlington Renegades. They have Drew Plitt from uh-huh. Ball State. Uh-huh. And then they got Kyle Sloter. Uh-huh. DC Defenders have one QB. <laughs> It's going to be interesting what happens if he goes down. Yeah, it's Eric Dungy. Eric Dungy from Syracuse. Uh, The Roughnecks got Caleb Ellaby and Brandon Silvers. Brandon Silvers. From Troy. Brandon Silvers. He thrashed the Cajuns for years. For years. Uh, For the Vegas Vipers, it's going to be Jalen McClendon. Yeah. From Baylor. Uh Uh-huh. So, can you kind of remember him? Uh, Luis Perez from Texas A&M Commerce. I'm sure for the people out there, I'm sure for people in Lake Charles, I mean, yeah. tech, they, they play Texas uh, tech A&M Commerce a couple times. Uh, Orlando Guardians. Uh, it's going to be Quentin Dormandy from Central Michigan and then DeAndre Francois from, oh, from Hampton. I remember DeAndre Francois. He, he ended his career at Hampton, but before Hampton, he was at Florida State. He was a starting quarterback at Florida State for like three years. So that's interesting. Uh, for the Brahmas in San Antonio, it's going to be Jawan Pass uh, from Prairie View A&M. Uh-huh. And then Anthony Russo from Michigan State. Yeah, it's gonna be, I remember that him. One, that one's going to be intriguing. <laughs> Seattle Sea Dragons. Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. We love Ben DiNucci. Oh. Ben DiNucci is such a great story. Just play the Italian music. I'll, I'll, somebody should make an Italian version of Trumpets. And just have that be his runout song every time the offense takes the field. Oh my god! Uh, and then they also have Steven Montez from Colorado. Yeah. And then for the Battle Hawks, it's AJ McCarron and then Ryan Willis. The Renegade, the the XFL is going to be so much fun this year. Like like if I had to, I feel like AJ McCarron out of all of these, I think he would be a top three QB. I mean, probably. Yeah. Like like how how many other quarterbacks are you going to look at these and be like? I think you would think he they would have a better year than AJ McCarron if AJ McCarron plays the whole year. No, I mean that's that's fair. That is that is very fair. Um, I think that uh, he'll actually do pretty well in the XFL, and who knows if a team gets desperate enough for for a quarterback, he might find his way back to the to the NFL. Yeah. But one thing to look out for when I when we were looking through the rosters, Dejon Dixon from Nickel State. Yeah. Is playing for the Brahmas. And and the whole conundrum we've been having for like the last twenty minutes of you looking about Jamarcus Bradley, like it's like, oh, he was drafted by the St. Louis Battlehawks, 
Correct. But you look and it was like you he's, look at a uh, Google, it says he's on the Browns still. But then you look at his Wikipedia, it says he's on the Steelers. And, and I'm looking at the XFL website, it it says uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the XFL draft. It just says a round two pick fifteen. Yeah, they, to the Battlehawks. They they picked Jamarcus Bradley. Yeah, so it's like, where is he? Who, who, nobody knows. He's he, where he's, in the world is Jamarcus Bradley? He's a shifty man. He is a shifty, shifty man. Like this is the modern day uh, Carmen San Diego. Oh my God. Your Alexa or Google Home speakers help you out around the house. They allow you to control your lights, your thermostats, and so much more. But did you know that it could also play the game? Just ask Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. 518 on your Wednesday afternoon. Later on in this second hour, Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles is going to join us for Hoodat Wednesday like he does each and every Wednesday. We're going to talk about the Mark Ingram injury news. We're going to talk once again about the Monday night game and where the Saints go from here with only four games remaining. We will do that next right here on the on Crunch Time. You're listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. 521, almost 522 here on your Wednesday. Let's quickly go to the hotline. Frank, what's up? God, not a lot. You all right? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. What you got? Okay, well, I just wanted to make sure everybody was okay. Um, did you get a chance to watch the um, Crap Fest Monday? Oh, of course. Watched every second of it. Oh, you did? Absolutely. Oh, you poor man. I know. Wow. Three and a half hours of my uh, life, I'm never going to get back. Never going to get back. Um, look, I-, I feel bad for all Saints fans right now. Because uh, it took me a while to get my head out of the toilet because <laughs> there was so much crap in my eyes, and I thought that the toilet bowl would would, would do at the least trick clean some, it would clean something <laughs> uh, but nothing uh, so I took all my saints gear and I packed it away, and even my sons were like, "Dad, what you doing?" I said, "Nope, I said up until the uh, Loomis family decides." just to get rid of the OC and the DC, as well as the head coach, uh, you're going to face the same thing. The thing that tipped me off and the thing that irritated me the most is my 14-year-old boy, he's not a football head. He, he's into rap music. He, he doesn't care. When he saw Taysom Hill get on the field, he said, Taysom Hill's going to run the ball. Yep. That blew my mind. It, it, it's so mind. it's so predictable. It's it's beyond vanilla. It's to the point of being mayonnaise, where you're stuck in the mud. the the two The two offensive the the the, off, the coordinators for this team are so 1975 that there there's no imagination left. Yep. It's, it's like they stuck their heads together and said, how much easier can we make it for the opposing team to figure out what we're doing 
and let's do that. No, it's it's, it's absolutely true. It, it really is. It, um, that that was the worst. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that was the worst Saints game I have seen in multiple years. That that it was so bad. My wife went to bed at nine o'clock. She didn't want any part of it anymore. And and, it, it and, was, and you know and you know what's crazy to think about, Frank. When when you when you really think about it, it was probably one of their better offensive performances of the year. Yeah, which makes it scary. Yeah, I know. That is scary. I know. There's nothing you can take from that game. Nothing. Nothing you can absorb from the game. You had an interception. Woohoo! Okay, you had a defensive fumble forced by Cam Jordan, which, thank God, he was actually awake for this game. The thing that irritates me the most, you're fourth and two. You're in their territory. All you all you got, you look at your back, your season's in the crapper. Yeah. Fourth and two. You got nothing but 300-pound well, linemen. Well, here, here's my question. Fourth and two, you've got a bulldoze. I don't understand that it's predictable when Taysom Hill's in at quarterback. You can't tell me that you put Taysom Hill under center, he can't get those two yards. I will never believe that. You could put a trained monkey in behind the line with 300-pound offensive linemen, dive at their feet. And look, uh, look, I hate to go on a diatribe, but I'm going to do it. I, I did it for years with my son. Coaching football, I'm not the person to go after coaches, but I'm sorry. Enough is enough. And I feel bad for Saints fans. Because this is just too much. Yep. You have great players on both sides of the ball. Utilize them. Dennis Allen has no sack. He just doesn't. He he is so – he is mayonnaise. And and Carmichael is even more worser. It's, It's just mayonnaise. That's what the Saints are putting on the field. Demario Davis is phenomenal. Utilize him. He is that good. Blitz, for Pete's sake. Tom Brady is not going to beat you with 40-yard passes. He proved it. Blitz him. Onyemata had a great game. Utilize your talent. Don't play to not lose. Play to win. Your season's in the toilet already. Do different. It's, it's it's especially in the toilet now. You it wasn't lost before Monday night because if you win the three division games, you win the division. But now that that you blew it to Tampa, yeah, your season's done. You have a one percent chance of making the playoffs. One. Yeah, but 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 it's the NFC South. Oh, I know. So you can't really say that. It's like the NFC South is the new NFC East with the Giants and the Redskins. I'm sorry, I said that out loud, but. <laughs> Dude, it it you can't you can't do any no, worse. It's true. Try. It's really true. The thing that irritates me the most is that okay, you didn't go far and on fourth and two. That means you don't believe in your players. Well, hindsight, your players don't believe in you anymore. Coaching is a two way street. You've got to give them a shot. 
Uh, I, I Like I said, Frank, I agree with you 100%, man. Really appreciate the call. Y'all take it light, boys. I mean, he he hit the nail on the head probably 10 times. I mean, that's super accurate. I said it yesterday. Talking about coaching changes, I said yesterday I'd have left Dennis Allen's ass on the tarmac yesterday. He would have never gotten on the plane. It's so bad whenever you look at their performance and you're like, wow, that was actually one of the better offensive it, performances. It's like the the standard has gone down so fast. So every, quickly. Everybody did something Monday night. You got everybody the ball. And you moved the ball down the field consistently. But you couldn't capitalize. You couldn't capitalize. You got in the red zone and died. You got in the red zone. Jarvis was dropping balls. Yep. Chris Olave was letting the ball hit his helmet. You got <laughs> you, you just you had you had perfect opportunities with the turnovers to create shorter fields. Yep. No, with with Demario getting it and getting tackled at the Tampa forty nine. But it's like 49, 49 yards shouldn't shouldn't be that much. Right. So switching gears before we take a timeout. Deion Sanders getting hired by Colorado. Are you talking about what happened with Jackson State? No. And like and and what they did with like financially apparently. No. What are you, what are you talking about? I I remember when I woke up I I saw a post I'd have to go back okay, to it. So but. while you find that, this is a this is numbers and analytics from Colorado football. They're they're calling this the prime effect. So on their social media, forty two million. 322,647 profile impressions, 173,345 new followers. Their shop sold $49,800 of online revenue. It was the highest single-day merchandise sales. They have, they have had 1.3 million page views on their website, and they have 6,000-plus New season tickets in the pipeline. Their Instagram following grew 142%. Their Twitter following grew 27%. And their TikTok following grew 202%. Now, we all knew that when a name like Deion Sanders would go to a program like Colorado, something of this magnitude would happen. But man, putting those numbers out in just four days since you've been hired, Dion wasn't lying when he said he was coming. Because that man is there. And it is incredibly impressive to see. He's already brought his son, Shadur Sanders. They've brought Travis Hunter in as well. Supposedly northwards of 100 athletes are requesting information on if there's spots available at the University of Colorado. It's just absolutely incredible to see. So so what I had found, because I, I saw it on Instagram, but it was somebody who posted it on Twitter, and the pictures were someone who posted it on Instagram. So a little weird how I saw it, but looking at the description of the posts, it said, according to my sources, Jackson State is in the hot seat 
for misuse of football funds. Individuals were stealing money from football program by moving it to general funds slash scholarships, basically stealing from prime and players. 80% why Deion Sanders is leaving. This will be the next breaking news. You heard it from me first. And then the plot thickens. Let's run it down. JSU put in Dion's contract that after 30K ticket sales, he would receive a percentage of the sales that didn't happen the whole time he was there. The ticket sales got missing, uh, like went missing. The grammar isn't totally the best with this. Uh, Dion, the football team, nor the staff saw any of that money. There was a lucrative TV deal in place that Dion wanted to get, but the university did not. Uh, Dion, with his own money, built a new locker room and tennis courts. Correct. All the new designs out of Dion's pocket. The new players lounge Dion. He also used his own money to feed his players. All the fancy meals you saw that players eating, Dion. When Jackson State went to celebration, went uh, to the celebration bowl last year, the school didn't give any money back to the athletics. Dion used a lot of his personal money to fund numerous things around campus. The university did not help. The president wanted his name in the headlines as much as Dion. Dion wanted to coach the Celebration Bowl this year. The Jackson State president said no, and the Celebration Bowl is sold out. The jury is out on if he will or not. Last minute he offer won't. he made for a million dollars for Dion to stay, but he had to pay his staff out of that. There was no new offer he made after this this first year of success. Interesting. So, in interesting situation with Jackson State. Like I said, I don't know if this is fully true but it'd be interesting if we see more people coming out You're, with information with this th- that that doesn't that doesn't surprise me um because Dion was so excited to be at Jackson State now obviously the, the name of the game is to you know advance and, and get higher and higher up in the in the coaching ranks but Dion left Jackson State so willingly which seemed a little alarming to me but uh, so that that will be interesting to see how how that develops, if uh, if anything at all. We'll take a time out when we return. Brendan Ertle joins us for Who Dat Wednesday right here on the game. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. He's gonna go touchdown Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Who Dat Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brendan, why are the Saints such a bad football team? <laughs> well, uh, to answer that question, I'll first off say, uh, my dad's birthday, happy birthday to my dad. Um, I know he's thankful that he doesn't have to watch the Saints game this week because they're on a bye. So that's probably the best uh, Christmas, or the birthday gift he can, he can have is a bye week and a uh, relaxing weekend because, yeah, that was uh, a really bad loss and uh, – We've talked about it a lot throughout the this this short week, and I think I'd put it in the category of the you know five to six games, the you know, Minneapolis miracle, the no call. Uh, of course, it wasn't that drastic, but um, we just keep finding new ways and and worse ways to lose. And uh, blowing a sixteen what sixteen or thirteen point lead with three minutes left mm-hmm. uh, is is a new one. That's that's mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By, I, by the by the way, uh, let me let me before James interrupts me. Uh, hello, hello, Brendan. How are you, sir? Um, I'll, I'll be better in a couple of days. Oh, that that's absolutely fair. Um, second of all, shout out to to Papa Ertle. 
That's got got a love shout, not the dad. Uh, mm-hmm. James, now now you may ask your question. The floor is yours. Well, I was just gonna say we we talk about that being the worst <laughs> loss, and I look more. People don't talk about it, but that 49ers game really pissed me off because it was the fact that you didn't even score. That that to me was more frustrating. At least you were able to score, and at least you held a lead for a majority for most of the game with the Bucks. Wrong. Wrong. But that but that 49ers game, dude. Now, granted, the 49ers game was incredibly frustrating. Blowing leads but, but is I, the most infuriating thing in sports. Yeah, but I, we I've seen I I've been so desensitized to that happening. I I just I telegraphed it when I saw Mark go out of bounds. Like he's fifty years old. Whenever <laughs> I whenever I whenever I saw him run out of bounds, I'm like, all right, yeah, they're probably not going to get this first down. They they just open the door all the way for them to come back. Well, well, now we know he had an MCL tear, so I I kind of I, I kind of sympathize with him a little bit, a little bit. You, but a little bit. You still went out of your way to go out of bounds instead of just running still straight forward. I don't know. I don't think Devin was really going to touch you, and I don't think Devin touching Devin White touching you really made that much of a difference. I don't know about you, Brennan. I think if Devin was trying to get him, I think he would have tried to keep him in bounds, if if anything. But uh, I don't I don't know if he was thinking that smart at that moment. Um, but yeah, I, I think equally those games are are bad for different reasons. Uh, but I think they lost because of the same reasons: uh, penalties, drops, not good execution. And it's it's every single week, and Dennis Allen said after the game that they need to execute better, they need to communicate better, and uh, we're in December. So that's all I have to say. Brendan, I, I've got to ask, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, the, the future of this team, and obviously four games remaining when you come out of the bye week. You have a 1% chance of making the playoffs now after after that loss to Tampa. People have talked about, you know, obviously moving on from from the coaching staff. Would you have allowed Dennis Allen to be on the plane? Um, right after the game, I I I made my presence known that I didn't think a few people should get on the plane, uh, but they did, and they flew back home, and they're going to coach next week as well. Um, <laughs> how do I say this nicely? Um, yeah, things need to change, and. Every single week, we're going back to that quote from Dennis Allen that pretty much said, "If we keep doing the same thing, it's it's insanity." And I think at the, at this point, we're we're insane. We're we're hitting that insanity point of the season. And something that uh, we kind of talked about on the pod this week uh, was the fact that the Saints will probably just because they lost this game the way they did, they'll probably win three other next four, or maybe surprise us to win four. But I'll say. They'll finish three and one, and they'll finish a game back at Tampa Bay for making I, the playoffs. I said and that we'll just, go back and look at that game. I said that just the other day. The the, the Saints are going to find some way to pull us back in and, and have us invested down to the very last second, just to you know not do anything. Now that our season's pretty much over, they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. This they'll figure it out. Oh, now we try. Mm-hmm. So. Quarterback situation. Oh, <laughs> obviously, you know, I, I I think you move on from Andy Dalton at the end of the year. Um, I I don't think you bring him back. Jameis Winston, I think you keep him on the roster just because you'd owe him too much if you cut him. 
Yeah, the 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 dead caps a little over ten million. Um, but what, what do you what do you think about this, Brendan? The Detroit Lions sign or or draft C.J. Stroud out of, out of Ohio State. You, you think the Saints put a trade together for Jared Goff? Yeah, we, we actually talked about this a little bit post game. We were already uh, talking about the quarterback situation after the game uh, in the Twitter spaces, and that's that's a name that we brought up a few times with Jared Goff. Now it's not the prettiest name. It's not you know guys like Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson might become available this off season. Who knows? Uh, I think Jared Goff is, is in that range where if you want to still be average, you don't want to tank. You don't want to be the Houston Texans. For a couple of years, I think that could be a good option depending on compensation. Um, but the real question is, if even if they did draft a CJ Stroud, would they want to force him into that spot immediately? Because the Detroit Lions, honestly, from what I've seen week in and week out, I think they'd beat the Saints right now. Offensively, they are really, really good. They score points. Jared Goff has been efficient. Um, I know it's not the name fans want, uh, but I would even go back to saying, you know, Andy Dalton. This game, I thought he was decent. You know, he wasn't the reason we lost. He definitely wasn't the reason that we would have won. Uh, but if I'm Jameis Winston, in my personal opinion, I'm saying I don't care what you do. I don't want to be on this team next year just because of the way you treated me and the things that have happened. You promised my job back. I didn't get it. You mismanaged my injury. Uh, if they can repair that relationship, sure, I'd love to keep him here. I know the dead cap is what it is, but um, I, I, I have no idea what will happen with him. But if he can be another backup for another year and just get rid, that, get rid of that money by him being on the roster. I think, I think that's something they would uh, probably like to do, but yeah, and, uh, Andy Dalton, I don't, I don't see him being on the team next year. Uh, the Raiders are starting to figure things out. Derek Carr was the guy we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and there's probably gonna be another guy out there that we're not really talking about. You know, Tyler Huntley's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown some flashes. He'll get some starting quarterback reps this week. Um, yeah, there, there's really a few names, and it kind of depends how the draft board falls and who ends up grabbing a quarterback. But even like a Ryan Tannehill is someone that might surprisingly become no, available. No, Just who, who knows? Uh, it's definitely not a, a fun conversation right now. And I think if you get a Goff or a, a someone else like that or a Bridgewater or anything like that, I, th- I still think that you pursue drafting uh, a quarterback. Please, please not Ryan Tannehill. Please, please no. Um, I don't like any of the names. I'd, I'd, but. I'd take Kirk Cousins before I take Ryan Tannehill. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, Brendan, James and I came up with an idea that we want to share with you. Uh, so James and I started a Madden franchise last night. where <laughs> He doesn't like how it's going right He now. controls a team and I control a team. Um, okay. What if, what if we brought you in? And, and here's what we're going to do. Well, do you have PS4? That's the, that's the first question. I have an Xbox. I'm oh. superior. I think. Well, then you're eliminated. That's would that still work? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it would. I, I don't think can you, you can cross play on franchises. I don't think so. What we were, so what we were going to do is I was going to take the Chiefs, James was going to take the Eagles, and we were going to give you Carolina. I thought you were going to say you're going to give me the Saints. I'm like, nope, not doing it. Well, I said no. I or the Texans. I, I rebuttal and I said the Texans. Yeah, we'd we'd have given you the Texans. You can. Could, re- could you have still beaten us? Oh, 100%. Um, I, I think I could come, could some route some things up with Cooks, and uh, I'd probably be forcing the ball down uh, <laughs> Damian Pearson. Um, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be hard, but they do have some, some, some pieces. 
Uh, OJ Howard could be could be nice on Madden. Brevin uh, Jordan. I haven't I haven't used the Texans a lot. Man, Xbox. Get get with the program, Ertle. Matt, do oh, you, Matt, Matt, do you want to tell him about what happened last night, though? No, I don't want to tell him how about how you beat me 84 to 32. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 it happened. Yes. Yes. I, I do I do want to bring up that James posted that clip of, uh, what would you beat the Bucks Like 256 to nothing, to nothing on Madden? 265. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to mention that the, the play call that you decided to post was uh, I know. inside dive to Camara, which is something that we're all banging our heads on our desk about, <laughs> and dudes out here calling Pete Carmichael plays. Yep. Well, so. well, here's the thing. I threw it on the on the final play, or well, second. It was supposed to be the final one. I had too much time because I wanted the final play to be a deep route to Chris Olave. So I was celebrating, and I tried to hit the pylon, but I accidentally went out the one. I'm like, oh shoot, there's still a second left. So then I was oh, like, well, so all the clips yeah. ruined. So I'll just show the final touchdown, I guess, to show it was 265 as the total score. So you only needed a yard and you didn't run a slant to Callaway? I know, right? I'm not a galaxy brain player by me. No. Even <laughs> even though if you look at it, the other four receivers spread out the defense and it was three down linemen. Y'all are, y'all are, <sighs> y'all are so funny. All right, Brendan, wrapping up. The Pelicans play tonight. If they win and then the Suns, I mean the Celtics beat the Suns, Pelicans will be first place in the Western Conference. What's your thoughts on that? The Pelicans are giving us New Orleans sports fans hope. Uh, the Pelicans and Tulane, I feel like they've been carrying the city. Uh, the Tigers are ahead of schedule. Uh, but what the Pelicans have done has been amazing. If, if, you, if you haven't watched the game, if you haven't been to a game, I really recommend that you do because the Western Conference this year, uh, it's always good. It's always going to be good. But just right now, there's teams that aren't clicking that should be clicking. Uh, the Suns, of course, are the first seed. Um, but what the Pelicans are doing right now, they're hurt. They're banged up. No B.I. They've played games without C.J. They've played games without Zon. And they're still winning. They're still beating teams by a really good margin. And these past few Pelicans games, I, I've been bored at the end of the game because they've been up 15 to 20 points. Jose Alvarado scoring 38 points. Uh, this team's really, really good. They're really well coached. Uh, they're Maybe some rotation things that they could change, but this team is really, really exciting, and uh, I look forward to watching this team every single time they play. And I'll be down there for a game, but yeah, the, the Pelicans are—they're legit threats. Brendan, when you when you come down for a game, let James and I know. We'll uh, we'll hit it up with you. But uh, Brendan Ertle joining us here for Hootat Wednesday. Brendan, we'll do it again next week, my man. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tune in next week for another edition of Hood at Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Welcome back here on Crunch Time. Let's go to the hotline real quick before we head out on this Wednesday. John, what's up? Hi. Uh, uh, is Matthew on the phone? This is he. Matthew Barnett? Uh, no, this is Matthew Miguez. Okay. Is this the coach's show? Uh, no, not quite. Six o'clock. Oh, I'm on the wrong show, but I'm glad I still enjoy. I didn't know who I was listening to, but I enjoyed the content I'm listening to. I appreciate the call. Absolutely. Sorry about that. Not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, yeah, the McNeese, the McNeese Coaches Show getting underway at 6 o'clock from the Maplewood Burgers on Nelson Road in Lake Charles. 
as we wrap up today's show again, you know, just kind of thinking about how the the Saints can make some sense out of this ridiculous 2022 season. Uh, maybe, maybe just forfeit the final four games and just be done. I mean, I'm just saying you're probably going to lose most of them anyway. So what, what, what would it, what would it matter? Um, want to take this opportunity to thank our guest for today. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles for who that Wednesday, as well as Tyler Baptiste joining us for a conversation into the NBA. Once again, the McNeese Coaches Show coming up next here on the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. The Pelicans playing tonight against the Pistons. 15-8 for the Pels, 7-19 for the Pistons. A win would put them in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the Western Conference. And could the Astros have a free agency move to talk about on tomorrow's show from four to six right here on the game for James Mesh. I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, and give a hug to your mom and them. And we will see you tomorrow. Same time and same station right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Now it's time to hand it over to Jim Gazzolo and the Magnese Coaches Show.